back blue shirts fans to episode number 124 of the locked on new york rangers podcast i'm your host john chick we got a special treat for you guys today we have part two of our march madness of sports movies brackets gonna be joined in just a second here by javier reyes of locked on padres and gabrielle star of locked on red sox and we're basically just gonna pick up where we left off in episode number 120 in that episode we focused on the top left quadrant of the bracket we went through the first round there today we're doing the bottom left quadrant of the bracket gonna break down those sports movies here today go through the matchups same drill as last time we're gonna vote on which movie we think is better and best two out of three the winner advances to the second round of the march madness tournament and this is going to continue like i said this is just part two of what's probably going to be a fairly lengthy kind of mini series that we've got going on for you guys here i'd imagine it's probably going to end up being uh probably at least eight episodes We'll, we'll see how it goes probably a new episode for you guys every single week but yeah, bottom line, Javier, Gabrielle, myself, we all have a lot of fun you know, talking about these movies, breaking it down, and just discussing which ones deserve to advance to the next round. So if you guys are movie fans, I uh, definitely hope that you enjoy it. And like I said, I mentioned this in the last episode of the March Madness sports movies, but none of us are licensed film critics. You know, we're just talking about things that we like about the movies, things that we don't like about the movies, things that have aged pretty well, things that maybe haven't held up over time, but it's a good time nevertheless, and we're just going to play that for you guys right now. Enjoy. So with the West, we're doing the one seed matchup now. Before we were talking about Hoosiers against any given Sunday. Now it is the one seeded Rocky versus the 16th seeded We Are Marshall. Um, Look, guys. I don't want to prolong this out longer than I feel like it has to be. I have plenty of thoughts on the movie of Rocky that I actually feel like I want to save for when we get to the rounds of 32 or maybe sweet 16 or whatever, who knows? Uh, Rocky's just better. And we are Marshall. Look, I can imagine they were super excited and they were just like, bruh, like we got to go up against, against Rocky. Like this is just kind of unfair. It's an unfair matchup really in a lot of ways. And that's, that's kind of what the one versus 16 seed is all about. I don't really feel like I have to get into this. Rocky is one of the all time stories. I think in film, it is so iconic. It's just about some kind of loser is the, it's just the epitome of an underdog story that went on to kind of inspire a whole generation. And while it has aged in some ways, and again, I don't want to get too much into it. My take is, I think that for the most part, it is, it is really great, and if you just take a far, yeah, obviously the boxing scenes don't look as good as you know if you watch Creed or something like that. But it's just it's a definitive underdog story, and I know we've spent a lot of time kind of lambasting the the old movies, right, and being kind of almost very millennial sounding on this this podcast so far. But it's uh, Rocky's just it's it's an all timer and it's a classic, so that's my pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, for starters, I have to say it's funny that you we ha- we have been kind of leaning heavily towards like newer movies, which is interesting for me just knowing myself because I'm a person who loves old movies like mm-hmm. Singing in the Rain, Some Like It Hot. Like I'm all about old movies, like really old movies. And but I guess maybe it's maybe it's a sports movie thing that some of these older sports movies, they're just for a different generation of sports fans. 
I think I think that's really what it comes down to is like sports are very different now. And so if you grew up in a different era of sports, like you have a different appreciation for certain kinds of sports movies and even certain kinds of ways that a game is played. Um, the same way, you know, football is something that's very popular with, you know, like my dad and his friends. But for me, it's like I would never let my child play football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially knowing what we know about it now, you know, with all the, the information that's come out with concussions and, and everything like that. Yeah. So so Rocky then, Gabrielle, would, would you go with Rocky, do you think? Yeah, I mean, Eye of the Tiger, like, the whole thing is, like, Rocky is just, like, such an iconic movie. Um, and We Are Marshall, I think, again, it's, like, a victim of, like, I'm not going to go with, you know, I'm not going to be, like, a <laughs> basing it off the seating because we've already established many times that the seating in this chart is whack as hell. But <laughs> We Are Marshall is, like, you know, uh, one of those rebuilding after a tragedy movies, and it's kind of a bummer that it gets stuck let's be honest, any movie that's getting stuck facing off against Rocky is probably going to lose. Um, yeah, but it's unfortunate that we are Marshall gets stuck against Rocky because I do think it's not one of my favorite movies, but it does deserve a little bit better than being known as a 16 seed first round, like out of the game, out of the bracket, you know, it's just a bummer victim of a victim, victim of matchups. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same deal for me. I actually, to, to be honest, uh, on the entire left side of the bracket here, we did the Eastern con- the eastern bracket and now the Western bracket. And We Are Marshall is the, I think, the only movie on the left side here that I have not seen. And, you know, I realize it's kind of unfair, but the reason for that, you know, obviously the three of us are all picking and choosing what movies we're going to watch, you know, in preparation for this thing. I saw it was up against Rocky, and I love Rocky. And like you guys said, it's an all-time classic. And my thought process is kind of like, well, Okay, I mean, what are the chances? I mean, We Are Marshall could be a very good movie, and it sounds like Gabrielle, you liked it, but um, yeah, well, I, mean, I, would for me, say, just... I wouldn't say I liked it. Like, it's super okay. depressing because you know right. uh, it's like about a ton of young athletes dying uh, in a plane crash. Like, it's a true story, but right, it's it's a movie that like I would say it's like a pretty well made movie, um, and it has some good acting in it like from McConaughey and stuff like it's not it's not a movie that deserves a first round elimination just by the fact that it's going up against Rocky because like I said basically any movie on this list almost any movie on this list is getting booted out of the first round if it's facing off against Rocky it doesn't matter what it is right right um, yeah, no, I agree. And, and, you know, my thought process there was, you know, I just like Rocky so much that, you know, there was just very little chance that I think I would have picked uh, We Are Marshall to beat it. So I'm going to go with Rocky as well. But I will say this, you know, I haven't seen Rocky start to finish in, in quite a few years. I'd say probably we're talking like seven or eight years at least. So as we continue to go through these brackets together and the matchups get a little bit tougher, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch Rocky again, uh, you know, because it's just been so long since I've seen it from start to finish. Side note about the Rocky franchise. Um, have you guys seen Just Go With It, the Adam Sandler movie? I know of it. Bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. Okay. So the character that's played by his friend, whose name I always forget, um, who like comes along on the trip and pretends to be, he gives himself the name Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> and Brooklyn Decker's character is like, you mean like the guy from Rocky? And he's like, no, no. 
I'm also Dolph. And he's like this like short, chubby, redheaded Jewish guy <laughs> with like these owl eye glasses. And and he's like calling himself Dol- Dolph Lundgren. And you're just like, this is the furthest thing from Dolph Lundgren. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, no, I haven't seen that movie start to finish. I would check it out sometime, though. I'm definitely an Adam Sandler fan. He's on here at least a couple of times. Like yeah, that, he so. is. Yeah. Um, he loves, uh, right, he so- loves sports, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, Postmates has created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Uh, you guys want to jump into this next one? We got Rookie of the Year and Million Dollar Baby. We got you know, Rookie of the Year's eight seed, Million Dollar Baby's the nine seed. Uh, I'll let whoever wants to take it. You know, go I'll for take it. it. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I actually just rewatched Rookie of the Year this past weekend in preparation for this, and it's funny because um, have you guys both seen this one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the character of Brickma, who is also who is played by the director and also one of the um, robbers from home alone. He, yeah, Daniel Stern. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Stern. So my sister thinks this movie is like the funniest thing because of Brickma. And, but when she was like, but she used to think his name was Rigma, like R I G M A. So she's literally in my phone as Rigma, just like, <laughs> cause he's just such a funny character. Like when he gets trapped in between the two doors in the hotel and everything. Um, <laughs> I'm giving this to rookie of the year, even though it's like a totally implausible story. And that's kind of the point of these like little kid wish fulfillment baseball movies from the nineties. The same thing we talked about with um, little big league, where he becomes the manager of the Minnesota twins. And you're just like, well, okay. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like a movie catered to children, obviously. And rookie of the year is even more implausible. It's also the guy who plays, kevin in american pie so that's great because he's an adorable little kid and you just like it i like seeing um oh my god what's his name gary Busey. i like seeing gary Busey before he went all crazy um yeah not a complete wacko yeah right actually playing a somewhat normal character yeah playing like playing like kind of like a dad figure who ends up with with uh kevin from american pie's mom and so ends up becoming like a real father to figure father figure to him. And you just like, you like it. And yeah. it's just like a feel good situation. You also have the nephew of the owner of the Cubs is the bad guy from Adam's family one. And he just like, he always just plays these like 
ridiculous, like dumb villain roles, which is funny. <laughs> um, and I'm giving it to Rookie of the Year over Million Dollar Baby because Million Dollar Baby is just such a bummer of a movie. Like it is an yeah. unbelievably sad movie. Yeah. And I haven't even been able to force myself. I've watched bits and pieces of it and I know exactly what happens in it because it's like pretty well known that it's like one of the saddest movies ever made at this point. But like, I just can't, I can't advance that movie because you just like are so <laughs> bummed out by every single aspect of that movie. It just gets sadder and sadder and sadder. And like, yeah. the only part, and it's to the point where you're happy that she dies. Yeah, which I mean, if if it has you feeling that way, it's like right. It's like if, not a pleasant experience. if a movie is like has you rooting for the protagonist to die because she wants to die, you're like you can't just just. Well, I can't. So I can't. I can't move this movie along in the bracket just because I don't want to talk about it in the next round of this bracket. No, I, I hear you. That that was kind of my uh, my mentality as well. I'm, I'm also going to go for Rookie of the Year again. You know, just a cute, funny baseball family movie uh very enjoyable to watch even now i think all ages could like it and million dollar baby like i just saw this for the first time and i knew that like at some point in the movie that thing happens where like hillary swank falls and hits her neck I on just, the fence but ugh. but just gives me like stuff, chills right? up and down my body <laughs> i know but like the thing with it, like i always assumed that that probably happened like at the start of the movie or maybe in the middle of the movie and then like mm. she's kind of like back from it and then I'm like, it's, it, the movie keeps going and it keeps going. I'm like, wow, this still hasn't happened. Is this how this movie's going to end? And then, of course, it does happen. And I was really enjoying the movie up until this point. The last 45 <laughs> minutes of this movie are so dark, so depressing, so unpleasant. And, like, I, didn't, I couldn't even feel sad as I was watching it because I was just so shocked that that was the direction the movie went in. Like, it went, it went dark and depressing just for the sake of, doing, of being dark and depressing. And I thought a better ending, like if you have to have that scene where, you know, she breaks her neck and everything, like why is why does it why can't this movie end with her becoming like an inspirational speaker or like training some boxer from her wheelchair or something like that? You know? It's just Yeah. yeah and she's trying to kill herself by biting her tongue. It's ugh. It, it's just ugh, just just very unpleasant. I mean, I give them some credit for at least, you know, um having the uh the moxie to kind of do something a little different, but I mean it's it's not what you're looking for, and it's just uh, just very unpleasant the last 45 minutes of this movie. But anyway, Javier, your turn. All right, here I come from the rafters. Um, yeah. I 100,800 gajillion percent agree. I think Rookie of the Year is cute. In fairness, I haven't seen Rookie of the Year in a really long time, but I do I do remember it, and I remember the beats, and I remember it's like, oh, this is, this is fun. It's a pleasant movie to watch with everybody, you know? And you're kind of always in the mood for it, which is what's interesting about it. Like, you're kind of ready for it. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of, like, Like Mike. Shout out to Like Mike. Big fan yeah. of Yeah, also um, not on here, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, also not on here. What is going on? <laughs> um, so my take on this whole thing is I, I do – I 100% respect your guys' decision. I'm going to give Million Dollar Baby my vote. I think that – so this is going to come up as a little bit of a shocker. I was aware that the movie was dark. Right. Just the same way I was aware Raging Bull was dark. I looked up nothing about this movie. I did not know it ends the way it did. I did not know that she is biting her tongue. I did not know that she uh, was trying to kill herself. All this, these things. I did not know that. Um, I have my problems with Clint Eastwood as a. In terms of just his way, he just some of the messages in some of his movies, I think can be a little problematic. I don't want to get too much into that. Cause I feel like we've already, you know, discussed at length, a lot of 
problematic uh, stereotypes and themes and subtext in a lot of movies already, but I really like this movie. I thought it was extremely dark. I thought it was profound in a lot of ways. Uh, Jay Barichel's in it, which was, I did not know that. Um, and he plays this, just a loser basically. And Morgan Freeman is excellent in it too. Hilary Swank, yeah. Clint Eastwood, everyone's, everyone's so good in it. I like that there's a sports movie that we have that is just pretty much pure tragedy and there's almost nothing, you know, we were talking about Raging Bull and that movie is tragedy too, but it's not based on characters that you necessarily like, right? Maybe you kind of appreciate the fact that he's a good boxer, but you're still kind of like, I don't care if this guy gets the, 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 his nose broken or whatever, right? This movie's the opposite. It is what, what I really love about it though, as someone who only knew it got dark, I like that it is an underdog story for like 70% of it. And then it pivots hard, man. It pivots so hard. And to me, that's what makes it so memorable. I 100% support the rookie of the year advancing. I just feel like I want to make sure this isn't a sweep. And um, I just think that I love that it starts out as, okay, this is, you got to love the underdog story. And then it becomes, oh no, this is like a, this is an entirely different animal here that um, Clint Eastwood wanted to tackle. And I think he's the perfect man to have done it. Still a brilliant filmmaker. Don't get me wrong. Um, And I just think that it's definitely one of those movies that ends in a way that I'll be thinking about it for, for a long time. I saw it, I think it was this past Thursday for the first time. And it was, it really hit me. And I was like, this is, this is just a well-made movie. But again, that's my vote. And those are my two cents on it, but I absolutely understand the rookie of the year love. And yes, it's hard to, it's definitely one of those movies I never want to see again. You know, and, yeah. and to your point, I will say because I, I forgot to mention this, the acting in the movie is fantastic. I mean, between mm-hmm. Eastwood and Hillary Swank and Morgan Freeman, they all do a fantastic job. But I just I couldn't get my head around, you know, the the, the dark turn that it took. Absolutely, and I think I think a lot of it also is like the the we should take into context the current environment of our lives right now. That like for me, you know, we're already mm-hmm. like all isolated from each other, trapped in the house, worried about a global pandemic. Like, I don't want to watch depressing movies when I'm already, like, just trying to keep my mental health afloat. Like, I want to watch pleasant, enjoyable things that distract me from what's going on in the world. And so that's definitely something that I have subconsciously, that has subconsciously, like, affected how I'm making my choices for this bracket and you know just like when my boyfriend and I sit down to watch a movie every night you know he likes you know action movies and stuff we watched the first four Die Hard movies like one 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 each night in a row not that it was like I I, I speak about language yeah I've seen the first Die Hard like like a great movie but I had never seen the other ones and and after a certain point I was like I have had enough of the blood and the death and the gore and like mm-hmm. the violence. Yeah. Like this is, I just want to watch like a cute, happy movie where I don't <laughs> think about death when I'm already thinking about death, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's that that's definitely part of it is like million dollar baby is just like an absolutely excellent movie with phenomenal acting. And I don't think any of us, even though, you know, it's, it's losing two to one in this bracket. I don't think any of us are saying it's a bad movie, no, it's very yeah. hard to watch. It's very hard, very yeah. hard. And you um, and you think about it for a long time afterwards. Yeah, it's relentless. It's relentless is the way I would kind of describe it. And it's it's true. Like I, I agree. I understand. I, uh, my mom says that all the time. My mom hates hates anything that ends sad. The difference is that 
this one is like a pure sad. This isn't something like, say, uh, uh, Gladiator, right? Yeah, or, or yeah. yeah, like Gladiator. It's it's not a happy movie, but it certainly doesn't end in a way that is just pure. Oh my god, I hate this. Like it has it it concludes right. It comes to um, there's closure to it, right? A movie like Logan, whatever. Like these are sad movies um, that I love. Like I love these movies, right? But I think that that's that's a great point. And you know what? We're all human, so I 100 percent understand. All right. Well, uh, do you guys want to move on to the next matchup? We've got number five, The Natural, against number twelve, Coach Carter. Uh, yeah. Grab this one first. Um, sure. If you want me to, I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Jump in there, man. Okay. So the five seed, The Natural, taking on number twelve, the wonderful, wonderful movie, though it has Coach Carter. I'm kidding, of course, in my own way. I do not like Coach Carter. I'm just going to come out straight and say it. I think that it got way too overhyped from friends of mine that I know, and we're saying, like, this movie goes so hard. It's, it gives you chills all the time. I just felt like it was a lesser, remember the Titans, a lesser of this whole coach that comes in and teaches everybody about life, really, in a lot of ways, and sports, right, and making them a better team. And it just did not hit with me. Samuel Jackson, I think, is fine. I think he's good in this movie. But I did not – it just did not really hit me at all. I do not think it's an awful movie by any stretch, but there are so many other movies in this vein. Like, I, I think Hoosiers is better, for example, and we've already critiqued Hoosiers a lot, but I think that there's just something about this that didn't, didn't doesn't really hit for me all that much is I really wanted it to, you know? I really wanted right. it to hit. And then The Natural – the Natural, uh, another, we talked about the Rewatchables, another movie that was on the Rewatchables uh, podcast before. Shout out to them. I, I love that podcast. It's one of my favorites. Um, what I like about this movie, and I talked about this with uh, uh, my man Sully from Locked On uh, MLB, and what I like about it so much is it's got these really like myth- mythological elements to it. And it takes the idea of sports and baseball to like, on like mountainous uh like levels you know it it's celeb it's it's like a they're like god figures in this movie every, almost every character in their own way the aphrodite or the the whatever like the the temptresses and whatever you want to call it. and then the cyclops for the the owner of the team and the fact that his bat was struck by lightning you know there's something cool about that and i like that the beginning of the movie is kind of almost entirely uh the 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 matchup that Roy Hobbs has against uh, basically someone who clearly seems to be based off of uh, Babe Ruth. So I'm sure Gabrielle enjoyed seeing Babe Ruth lose at something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like that. And here's a fun fact for you guys. One of my favorite things about watching old movies, I never look up anything. It's very easy to not know about plots of old movies, unlike today, which people are talking about Avengers or whatever, like every five seconds, right? I had no idea heading into this movie. I saw it last summer, I think, that girl at the beginning of the movie and that he basically is in like retirement for like 20 years and has to build his way up i had no idea that happened i jumped i repeat i i jumped out of my bed like i was like what like i was like like not paying attention i was like half watching i'm like okay this is is nice so far this is cool this is cool i was like whoa it was like one of those things like it it elicited that crazed out reaction from me so Maybe that's my own fault for not even Googling up the synopsis of the movie, but and maybe that's why I, I like it more, why it's more memorable, but I really like all the pieces of that movie. Not a perfect thing. Maybe it doesn't age well that, you know, there's like no person of color in this entire movie. <laughs> like maybe that doesn't age well exactly, but I think that 
the acting is is pretty good and i think that um just the the supernatural elements of it it's unique in that respect and there's a difference between cliche type of like the sports drama versus ooh, excuse me uh versus this very like intentionally i think movie that's trying to relate to like greek mythology and whatnot you know and i, th- I think that i found it particularly profound in its own way yeah. so my vote goes to uh, the um, natural yeah it, it's funny with the natural my first exposure of any kind of the natural was actually an episode of the simpsons i don't know if you guys are fans or if you ever saw the episode where homer plays softball i don't think what? i have i've I watched maybe one have, episode I do of the like simpsons <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's, it's a great episode. It's really funny, but there's a couple of spoofs of the natural in there, like Homer's got Wonder Bat, which mm-hmm. I think in the in the natural, the movie was called Wonder Boy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I like the natural, and, and to your point, Javier, the supernatural elements kind of set it apart uh, a little bit. Um, but I really like Coach Carter, and I only saw it recently uh, for the okay. first time not that long ago. Um, the reason this movie kind of stood out for me is, you know, you have an actor like Samuel L. Jackson. He's great. He's he's always very entertaining. But you figure, like, the whole movie is kind of going to focus in on him, you know, really strictly, which, I mean, he is the main character. But I feel like watching that movie, what that movie does well that a lot of other, you know, sports movies, basketball movies don't always do quite as well. I felt like we got to know, like, basically the entire team. I mean, there were, like, three or four or five other, like, kind of subplots going on with different players on the team. So I just really appreciated it for that. And, you know, spoiler alert, but, you know, they don't win a championship or anything at the end. But it mm-hmm. still feels like they won. You know what I mean? I, I don't think every sports movie needs to end with a team winning the championship. And sometimes the better ending is, is them not winning a championship. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I just I just really like Coach Carter. I thought Samuel L. Jackson was awesome. Uh, so give me, in a, in a tight one, give, give me Coach Carter. Okay. So, Gabrielle. All right. I'm sorry. I'm going with the natural. Woo! Robert, okay. I love Robert Redford. <laughs> um all the President's Men and The Sting are two of my favorite movies because, like I said, I'm actually secretly like 85 years old and all my favorite movies are old movies. But also, <laughs> I mean, look, again, this is like one of those hard choices where I think Coach Carter is a really good movie. Um, I also agree that it was – that it's like one of those movies where you go into it and it's so hyped up and you're kind of just like, okay, it's a really good movie, but maybe I'm missing something here. Like it just – it just wasn't one of those movies for me. I like it a lot. Okay. I think it's a really good movie. But if I have to choose between them, I'm going with The Natural. I love I love old baseball. Like I wish I could go back in time and like watch old baseball at old stadiums. And Robert Redford does it really what well. like he just he do, he plays a good aging baseball star. Mm-hmm. And or a good aging baseball player who like should have been a star and you know, this awful thing happened to him and whatever. And also, side note, it's Barbara Hershey. So she's in Hoosiers and this. And <laughs> she's kind of annoying in both of them. Um, or not in this one. She's not annoying. She, like, shoots him and then kills herself. But she's in both of these. <laughs> she's, she's in both of these movies. Um, and then, like, I just, I think it's a good movie. I think it's unique for a sports movie and the thing with that you brought that one of you said with coach Carter is that there are a lot of derivatives from other sports movies and mm-hmm. that's obviously yeah. bound to that's obviously bound to happen like you see that with a lot of movies on this list alone like we even said you know um like little big league and rookie of the year are very similar like there are a lot of movies on here or like you know bad news bears and mighty ducks are similar storylines mm-hmm. 
th- these kinds of things happen. That's just the way that sports movies go. And I think The Natural is like actually one of those rare sports movies that's like kind of a standalone in its in its storyline. So I guess that means so two for The Natural, one for Coach Carter. Natural mm-hmm. advances, correct? Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. You guys uh, want to jump into the next one here? We've got uh, number four, Brian Song against number 13, Invictus. Do you guys care if I go first for this one? Go yeah, go it. ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, I hadn't seen either one of these movies, you know, before we, you know, sat down to kind of map out, you know, how we're going to go through the brackets and everything. But I like them both a lot. I mean, Brian Song, obviously, it's a very sad movie. Um, I kind of knew going in the story about it. You know, I've been told in the past that, you know, it's a very good movie, but it's also very sad. And, you know, I thought the acting performances, the guy who portrayed Brian Piccolo, the guy who portrayed Gail Sayers, both very, very good. Um, I, and then Invictus, you know, again, Morgan Freeman, again, showing up on our list here, and Matt Damon, I thought they were excellent as well. Invictus, I thought at times kind of moves slowly, but it's all building towards something. And it's, it's cool that it's based on a true story as well. And, you know, it kind of unites the country. Uh, it's very believable how that could organically happen where an entire country that's divided kind of gets behind this upstart rugby team. Um, mm-hmm. This is so tough. Uh, this this is one of the toughest ones for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, see, I didn't decide beforehand. I, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're like, I'm gonna start. start. Can I go first? And then <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh wait, hold <laughs> and on. I'm like, well, I don't know here. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna go with Brian's song. I mean, again, you know, it, it's a, it's a very sad movie, obviously, but it's very well put together. Also, uh, a very short movie. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but yep. it's only about like 75 or 80 minutes, which, you know. The, the one thing that I would like to see eventually there is, I mean, you could almost, I believe there was a remake in the early 2000s, but you could almost make that into like a mini series. Like a, those are kind of big right now, these mini documentary series where there's like mm-hmm. four or five episodes. I would love to see that because I think there's a lot more, like I watched that movie and I feel like even though it's a really good movie, it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. So yeah, give, give me a, a vote for, for Brian's song. All right. I'll go next. Um, so yeah. I actually saw Invictus in theaters. Um, I don't know if it was just because like my family loves Morgan Freeman and we'll literally follow him to the ends of the earth, but I really enjoyed Invictus. I think it's an interesting concept. Again, like I, I like it because it's you, it's a unique movie. It goes back and forth between, first of all, it's based on a poem. Like literally the name of it is the name of a poem by a British poet. And so that's like already so unique to like anything on this list you're not going to find another one that's like named after a poem and it's nelson mandela and then there's also rugby so like the concept already is so compelling i do think it is kind of a slow it's like a slow burn you know it builds to something but you're kind of like wondering like what's going on but i also like that because again it's not your typical sports movie and i think that you know, all of the things that like, like the racial elements, all of the things in this movie, the his, the fact that it's like historically, it's based on like a true story. Actually, both of these are based on true stories. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I came out of Invictus feeling like it had struck something in me on like an, both an intellectual and emotional level. And you don't always get that from sports movies. But Brian's song, I only saw once because it was very sad. Um, it's the guy who plays Sonny 
in The Godfather, James, James Conn, mm-hmm. and Billy D. Williams, also known as Lando Calrissian. So, <laughs> like, in terms of like a friendship casting, that's like pretty. That's pretty epic. Um, I also think it would have been good to see Brian Song as like a miniseries. And that's something that they ask on the rewatchables is like, could this be made into a 10 part Netflix documentary? And I absolutely think that we could have gotten more of Brian's song than we have. Yeah. Uh, you could get, get think, you know, their, their friendship a little bit and, you know, the, the yeah. training camp that they go through together. And then, you know, obviously he goes through the, the treatment for the cancer. I mean, you know, you get into that a little bit more. Um, it, it would be kind of a difficult watch because it is very sad, but yeah, again, you know, as, as much as I like this movie, I, I kind of was left wanting a little bit more. Like, I want to learn a little bit more about this. Yeah, and for that reason, I'm giving it to Invictus just because, like, as much as I respect Brian's song as a sports movie and everything, I think that, I think that we, I think that we would benefit from plumbing the depths of that true story more. And I think that Invictus is just like a low-key like underrated good sports movie i don't think that I, if you ask a lot of people oh would you put invictus on a sports bracket over jerry Maguire, for example people <laughs> are gonna be like what the hell even is invictus <laughs> whereas jerry Maguire right, right. Yeah. might be tom cruise's best movie mm-hmm. yeah it's funny because you know invictus i saw that on the list here and i had the same reaction i was like what is that and then i i looked it up and i'm like oh it's the rugby movie with matt damon and morgan freeman yeah this might be good uh, but yeah, you know that, that's a great. Also, point like make. just saying that out loud, it's the rugby movie with Morgan Freeman and Matt Damon, and Morgan Freeman <laughs> right. is Nelson Mandela, and it's a true story. And you're like, what is this? Like you, you hear that description, and to the point where this movie came out in 2009, I saw it in theaters, so I was 16, and that's 10 years ago, which is long enough that I was like, wait maybe these are two separate movies. Maybe there was a Morgan Freeman movie about Nelson Mandela called Invictus and also a rugby movie called Invictus because also they have the Invictus games every year. And that's like a big thing for Prince Harry, I guess. And I had to rewatch it to remember. And then I was like, oh, right. This is the same movie. It's about Nelson Mandela and about rugby. And it's awesome. But like, you know, it's just not a well-known movie. And I kind of want to have that, you know, kind of want to give it to that outsider mm-hmm. all right yeah. um should i go now <laughs> oh man um so oh man pressure okay here we go so this for me so far is without a doubt the hardest one that i've had i've was basically ma- made my mind up on almost all of these um not a disrespect to most of the losers i think basically every movie we've talked about is is at least okay at, at minimum I think that I saw Brian's song a couple weeks ago for the first time. It's it's not long. Invictus is long and a little slow, so it's interesting these kind of these two movies, both about race in a lot of ways for sure, especially in the case of Invictus. I don't feel good about being the tiebreaker on this. And look, <clears throat> you know, as a, as a man, you know, I, I never cry during movies, of course. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So I watched Brian's song. I was genuinely a wreck by the end of this movie and i didn't expect that um i just couldn't take it to me brian's song is just i think there's something remarkable about how i was able to feel such intense emotions after just like an hour and 17 minutes or whatever it is 
And I just, it just feels like I actually somewhat disagree with you guys. I think that I like that. It's just this one bit. I like that. This is all we get. It's simple. It's just, if you boil it down, it's just these two guys that were friends and I'm getting, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it right now. Um, Invictus is also wonderful. Um, the whole poem thing. Like I love that scene when he's, you know, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Morgan Freeman is perfect um, as Nelson Mandela. It's it's actually kind of concerning. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's almost too perfect. It's like, this is like, this guy was born to play this, um, this person. Yeah. yeah. I, guys, this is unbelievably tough. Gabrielle made a, a, yeah. a lot of good points about Invictus. I actually do think Invictus is underrated. I actually think it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, I like the disputes that the, the secu- we didn't even talk about like the aside from the sports stuff. I like the way they handle the the security staff. I I, I loved all of the interactions that those people are having together. Where it's some of them are white, some of them are black, and some of them are getting into rugby by the end of the movie, which is which is really kind of cute to watch. Um, it this is really hard. I and and also this could be recency bias, but I'm gonna go with Brian's song because I just feel like that hour for it to be so short. And to leave me like I was in tears, like I'm not just saying that I really was um, yeah. for it to do that in such a short amount of time. I think this is this is the movie that catapulted both James Conn and Billy Dee Williams. Um, James Conn ends up being in The Godfather, which we don't even need to talk about. Obviously, everybody knows about that. And then um, Billy Dee Williams being in Empire Strikes Back. It's just it really catapulted them. I, I'm going to go with Brian's song. I don't feel great about it. This is the only one I don't feel too great about it because if I saw Invictus for the first time, would I have uh, like a couple weeks ago instead, would I have voted that? Right. And I just think that I, I don't know many movies that can capture my heart or anyone's heart in general, but for me in such a short amount of time, even, the, and it's not even that it's not even super complicated of a movie, which is what's, what's interesting about it too. Like Invictus is very complicated um, in a good way. Yeah. And it's about a real event for sure. And so is Brian's song, but Brian's song is very much like black and white dude who they were just friends. Like I just, there's something about that very simplistic, simplistic message that hit for home for me really much um, in a lot of ways. And Invictus really, really great. My mom loves that movie. We've watched it a couple of times. Um, I think that there are very few movies I would have had ahead of Invictus if it wasn't matched up with Brian's song. Um, but that being said, yeah, that's just to, to wrap it up. I'm going with Brian's song here. I was just going to say, I mean, this, this really felt more of like an eight, nine matchup rather than the four versus 13, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, or, or maybe even like a second round matchup of like, you know, yeah. I don't know, five against four or something like that would be an even better way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. We got to knock one of these out because I think all three of us were, were really kind of torn here, but I guess Brian's song is going to move on two to one. That's that's basically what I was going to say is that I think, you know, a lot of the a lot of the ones in this bracket so far, you kind of we kind of have been like, these are the matchups like they're not. There are some here that feel kind of random, you know, and like rookie of the year and million dollar baby. It's like, well, how do you really (laughs) compare the two movies? You that doesn't make any sense. But Brian's song and Invictus, I have to say, I think is the actual best matchup. Mm-hmm. on this bracket so far in terms of like we had a hard time deciding they have a lot of parallels in terms of like both movies have like a racial component both movies have like a very poignant component they're both true stories 
Like, there's a lot of things that make this a very difficult matchup. And I don't think that we can say that about most of the ones that we, most of, if not all of the ones that we've had so far, is that they don't, it just kind of seems like someone took a list of sports movies and kind of like threw them in a bracket. But mm-hmm. Brian's song in Invictus, it actually is like a matchup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, it's like World Series, the two best teams in baseball, as opposed to like, you know, the 2018 Red Sox versus the 2018 Orioles, where you're like, oh man, like it's not even a question. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, you guys want to jump into the next one? We got number six, Kingpin, against number 11, the original Bad News Bears. Uh, whoever wants to take it, jump on it. Uh, I think it is actually, if we're just going in uh, rotating in order, I think I'll, I could take this one. Um, so this is this matchup is the complete antithesis to uh, <laughs> Brian Sogan and Invictus. Yeah. Is two, yeah, two very yeah. St- yeah, two very kind of stupid comedies, um, especially in uh, with the former with uh, with Kingpin. So I didn't like Kingpin. Saw it on Netflix. It was one of the first ones I saw to start this out because I thought it would be an easy watch. I love Woody Harrelson. Talked about him already with White Man Can't Jump. Love the guy. This is one of those movies that watching it, I felt like I don't know what it was about. I don't know what the message was trying to be. Maybe it wasn't trying to have one. If, if More power to him. But it feels like it had about 850 different writers on it. This is a movie literally about that's about, oh, I couldn't do it. So maybe I, I teach this young up-and-comer to do it. And then in the last 30 minutes, it's like, no, actually, he's going to be back at it. Or whatever. I, this is really vague explanation of what happens in Kingpin. My bad. No, but, but you're right. Um, no, it makes sense. Though. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and that oh, kind but of kind of says everything there is to say about Kingpin that that our explanation doesn't make sense, and yet it does make sense. <laughs> like kind of that's very emblematic of the actual movie itself. There's a there's a uh, I don't know what the the uh, <laughs> the appropriate way. There's a sex scene early on in this movie. Um, that's just a little. It, it's just it's just jarring. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, it's one of those kind of movies. And it's like, no, just kidding. This is about a fish out of water story. Right. And it's like, no, just kidding. We're going to have a fight scene between Woody Harrelson and whoever the actress is who I, I didn't think was very good in this at all. Uh, where he's literally hitting her in the, in the, in the, in the the place. (laughs) I don't even know what's called. Just don't. Um, I'm just not going, but like, you guys know what I'm talking about. And it's like, it's like are they trying to be funny this is like a cartoon like a really kind of perverted stupid cartoon fight scene and then all of a sudden the guy it's just i think kingpin was was quite bad i did enjoy bill murray being an absolute jerkwad in the highest possible (laughs) way i that would be my only thing about the movie i liked aside from just seeing woody harrelson in a movie i did like that bill murray was just a jerk (laughs) it was just complete yeah yeah complete uh a jackass in a lot of ways excuse me uh and but i just can't forgive the movie for all these moments i mean i sent a snapchat video of that fight scene between woody harrelson and the girl because i just thought it was the most obscene thing i've like ever seen in a sports movie it's just like what is going on it was yeah, like yeah. at first you're like oh yeah yeah kick his butt right because it's it's fun to see that right the switch of roles and whatnot but then it's like what <laughs> what's going on it's like it i don't on know for too long also it's That's like it, thing. it's like yeah right. it's like all right like like is this like an anime now and look i love anime don't get me wrong i'm a big fan of it but like they do perverted random stuff like this in anime sometimes and it's really jarring and i hate it but that's what this <laughs> reminded me of i thought kickpin was bad 
that being said, I'm voting. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Bad News Bears, the original. I saw that. Um, it's good. I, I I liked it. I didn't love it. It felt like an inferior version of some other, maybe like a. It's got a little tiny tint of a Sandlot vibe to it with these this just kind of rambunctious set of kids and trying to play baseball. But I genuinely laughed out loud at about how awful they were at baseball at the beginning of the movie. It was actually hilarious. Like I've seen, like I think anybody who's played yeah. baseball before, like in Little League or whatever, they've seen kids make those like awful mistakes in the infield and like they're they're <laughs> they're trying to track the ball in the outfield. And instead of just moving, they're like falling with their glove and then they fall over. Like there's something really amusing about that. And I don't know. I just thought that it was a little bit better and it felt like it had a little bit of character to it. It had a little bit of like some flair to it, you know, especially at the end with how this movie ends with them, with them losing and then them spitting in the faces of their opponent, you know, like it's like, all right, like this one wasn't trying to be like the rest. It was like, yes, it's a bad team going from good team type of, uh fundamental blueprint for a sports movie but it had a lot of like oh you jerk and and all this stuff and there's this this there's air hockey scenes involved in this i don't know i, I liked it and kingpin just to, to wrap it up i just thought was really really bad and it, it might be a movie that's fun if i'm like 27 drinks deep maybe i'll give it that but <laughs> in terms of just in general i was just completely flabbergasted by what i was seeing the entire time yeah, I mean, Kingpin. Kingpin's really all over the place, to your point. Um, and the other thing you mentioned, you kind of touched upon it with Bad News Bears, the ending that they have there. I love the way it ends because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the evil team, which I, I think it's the Yankees. The Yankees are like always the evil team in every sports yeah. movie ever made. But yeah. they, come up to them at the, they, they come up to them at the end of the movie and they're like, yeah, you know what, guys? That was, a, that was a great game. You know, we actually do respect you now, even though we treated you like garbage for this entire movie. And mm-hmm. then the Bad News Bears, they let it sink in for a second, and then um, Kenner or somebody, like, takes the trophy and throws it at them and tells them to shut yeah. up their you-know-what. So, I mean, yeah. I, I thought the ending to Bad News Bears was just perfect. Um, and Kingpin, I, I liked it more than you did, Javier, I think. I mean, there was, okay. I, I will say there, there was one spot in this movie where, I laugh at this as hard as like any of these movies that I've watched in the last couple of weeks. It's the part where they're running away and they jump into the car and they're trying to make a getaway. And Woody Harrelson's like, you got to just stay calm. Like, like our guy back here. And it shows Randy Quaid in the back seat, and his face is just frozen <laughs> oh, in like yeah. horror and shock. Like I legitimately like laughed out loud. Like I was watching his late. Mm-hmm. I woke my wife up laughing at that. So that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did like Kingpin, but you know, bad news bears is a classic quotable. And, you know, having played a bunch of baseball growing up and stuff like that, uh, you know, there's always references to Bad News Bears. And it, it still is a funny movie. So I'm going to go Bad News Bears as well. So, uh, Gabrielle, floor is yours. Bad News Bears, man. I did not enjoy Kingpin. Um, I just couldn't get into it. Like, I put it on. And the next thing I knew, I, like, looked up from my phone and the movie was over because I just could not get into it. I was, like, I had it on in the background eventually. Like, it, I it lost me very quickly. Um, yeah. I have a soft spot for Walter Matthau. I just think that he, it's like funny. He's one of those guys where you just like can't picture him as a young man, even though like he obviously was <laughs> a young man at one point, but he's yeah, just like, yeah. he's just like permanently like the perfect grumpy old bastard kind of. Yeah. If that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I just, there are just some people in like film lore that it's just like, that's like their thing. And he has that kind of down <laughs> to a science and just, 
it's just one of those movies it's like even though it's not one of my favorite movies like it's kind of a classic you just Mm -hmm. you just gotta go with it like it's one of those movies like you show your kids and it's like part of being a sports fan is like you've seen bad news bears and you acknowledge that like it's not like it's not my favorite movie it's not the sandlot but it's like a good movie you know Mm -hmm. yeah shout out jackie earl harley who went on to be a rorschach in the hit movie watchmen of course for all my comic book homies out there uh but yeah i just yeah uh whatever you were gonna say john Oh, no, I was just going to make the point that, you know, Kingpin, I, I can see people liking it or not liking it. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. YouTube, kind of like, we're, we're very big fans. I liked it. I mean, I, I laughed a couple of times. But Bad News Bears is one of those movies. Like, I have never heard anyone say anything really negative about Bad News Bears. I mean, you may not love it, but it's one of those movies that if you're a sports fan, you know, you'll probably get into it at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of why it's advancing here So mm-hmm. by the, uh, the two to one score. Yeah, I will. I will say, though potential might have to see this with my sister my sister and i we love uh like good bad movies things like deep blue sea and face off and stuff like that right uh which has been on yeah face off is just i've seen that like 87 times and i i I just can never get enough of it uh we'll we'll get back to the the pod listeners in the world to see if maybe kingpin might have that quality to it where it's like so bad in a lot of ways for me anyway that it's kind of enjoyable in its own way but i'll get back to you it might have some because you're right that one scene is really funny i forgot about it actually but then yeah i just remember all the stupid the fight scene in the parking lot with him and the girl and him punching her you know what like and they're bound i just i i'm gonna leave it there before i get canceled myself or whatever all right yeah oh no i was just gonna say i'm very excited to lead off the next the next face off oh Oh, my god that's yeah, okay. a good one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Creep the leg. Wax on, wax off. Um, Karate <laughs> Kid is a three seed. That's like pretty accurate. Airbud mm-hmm. is a 14. That's not so accurate. That dog is freaking awesome. Um, obviously, like probably one of the more improbable. Like it's up there with Space Jam as like one of the least probable movies, like movie plot premises. Um, it's a dog playing basketball and it's like I, I mean, it's like a dog playing basketball. That's like pretty much all you have to say. I'm five foot six and I can barely play basketball. Um, but Karate Kid is one of the great movies, just period, like not even sports. Um, I think it's interesting because, you know, I don't think of Karate Kid as a sports movie. I think of it as like an 80s movie. Right. Just, yeah. Just because yeah. like. Yeah. For me, like I didn't grow up. I went to Jewish like private school growing up. Like we like there wasn't karate being taken by pretty much anyone I knew. And so I think of Karate Kid as like one of the 80s movies that I liked and, you know, a great rivalry movie. But it is technically a, it is for sure a sports movie. Um, I love Air Bud. I love that dog so much. It's a great movie, a great story, Um, obviously, like super wish fulfillment, like a kid, a lonely kid finding a dog that plays basketball and rescuing him from a a bad guy. But I have to give it to Karate Kid just because like it's a really good movie. Um, It has good music. It has a good storyline. There are definitely some parts of it that are like super problematic, like when... um, the girl that he likes when her parents mm-hmm. like laugh him out of the country club. That's yeah. Really. Not, not great. 
Not you're great. like you're, you're attacking a child, basically. Um, that's, <laughs> that's really weird. He's also like Daniel's son is kind of a little bit. Say of it. Tool. Say it. Yes, there it is. Like he's kind of a brat. Yeah. He's like, I'll yeah. go back to New Jersey. As someone who moved from the East Coast to Los Angeles, you don't want to go back to the East Coast. Like it's freaking Los Angeles. Like it's California. Like your weather's perfect. There's a beach right there. Um, mm-hmm. Being a teenage boy, there's like tons of beautiful girls that you can like go and look at at the beach. Like, I, <laughs> dude, you want to go back to New Jersey? Why? Please explain to me. Like he, he's just teenage angst personified. And I think one of the ways that I can tell that I'm becoming like a real adult is because I no longer empathize with teenagers. I find them annoying. <laughs> um, and yeah. he, he's just like, he's just kind of whiny. And it's like, you kind of wonder why the girl likes him, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, um, you're kind of like not really... And and they do a really excellent again, we keep talking about the rewatchables, but it's funny because yeah, like, they did one too. since Phil Simmons is a huge sports guy, a lot of the rewatchables episodes are about sports movies. And they did an excellent one about the karate kid very recently, which is why, you know, I have all of this in my head. Mm-hmm. But karate kid, like you're kind of like you kind of start to when you really think about it, like the Cobra Kai guys are obviously jerks. Mm-hmm. But you also are kind of like this kid has like no formal training. He's not from a dojo. He's just like trying to like usurp this guy's spot. Like he's trying to blow up his spot and you kind of understand why they're so pissed. Like they're still obviously very cruel, not okay kids. And you're like concerned about their like levels of hatred and their behavior as teenagers. Mm -hmm. But you do kind of understand why like they're, upset that this obnoxious kid from new jersey is like showing up trying to like take over their reign as like karate champ and take his girl like it yeah, makes man. sense when you think yeah about man it. it's, not, it's not like a there's, very cut and dry situation um there's um there's a video on youtube i'll send it to both of you guys when we're done here but it basically it's not that long but it basically breaks down why everything yeah. in the Karate Kid is wrong, and it explains why Johnny <laughs> Lawrence is actually the hero, and Daniel yeah. Son is seen, the, uh, yeah. the the villain. Yeah, it's fantastic. But uh, I remember seeing that video, and when I when I saw it pop up, like I don't know, six years ago or whenever it was, I was still in high school. Like I remember when that video popped up, and I was like, "What? He wasn't the villain? Who? This is one of those you know BS hip, hipster type of takes that people like, want to have in a movie." Thanos was a you know philanthropist kind of thing. Yeah, 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 like one of those things. And then you watch it, and you're like, "Huh?" Yeah. <laughs> you're like, "Huh?" That's the perfect so, reaction. Yeah, it's it. like, "Huh?" And like we we were talking about the rewatchables, they made a good point. First, a quick thing where they were talking about like that scene where that he gets kicked out of the country club is like a very like, "Ha ha, rich people are evil" type of scene. And it's almost like like a cartoonish. For like all the people laughing at him and all that stuff, you know what I mean? There's something like cartoonish about that scene, but it's also like, yeah, first of all, why does she like him? I'm not saying she should hate him and she should ignore him, but why is it like, it's not unreasonable for parents to be like, look, this kid, like he just showed up here, doesn't necessarily live in the best place. And he has a car that his mom and him are have to push in order for it to get along. And he's starting, he's getting into fights at school. Like it's okay. 
if you're like, eh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if we want you dating this person. It's there's a difference between that versus like a, a Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Who's like a, a perfect like right. this this high school kid who's just a nerd, right? This guy. But then they also talked to this podcast. I think it's kind of cool that he's a little bit of a brat. Now, I don't think he deserved all the beatings that were coming his way. I think the beach scene is very much like it's a little bit of karma. Like you were saying, like, oh, yeah, I know karate, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I know all that stuff. Like you're trying to show off too quickly. Like, come on, man. You got to know the social dynamics and how that works. Um, right. Try lightly and, when you're when you're new. Right. You know, just try right. to maybe introduce yourself to a few people. Yeah. 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 You, you work your way into it. And then and then you try and steal a girl. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, but there was something about how. And, and then the famous, you know, scene in the the shout out to the social network when they quote this scene, the uh, when they're chasing him in their skeleton costumes and trying to beat him up and all that. The, the the evil part about that is when they're like, yo, he's had enough. That's the evil part when they continue to beat him up. Right. Yeah. That shows. Yeah. These guys aren't good people. But getting like, you know, kind of like going like, after a know, kid he because he them, though. Yeah. He like, provokes them, the though. scene where he like drops he like he, uh, he gets uh, Johnny Lawrence. He puts like the hose over the bathroom stall. And yeah, that's like, exactly do it. Do that? Don't get me wrong. Maybe you get punched a little bit of times. I never really, nothing like that happened to me in high school, but it's like, you know, this isn't, a, a, you don't feel as bad. You start, you feel bad, but you don't, I like that though. I like that you feel bad. And when you think about it, you're like, I mean, he deserves it a little bit, but also like this. Um, but we haven't even talked yeah. about Mr. Miyagi yet. And uh, don't get me wrong, Gabrielle, when you were starting to talk about Airbud, I was about to log off this call if we <laughs> if we started having Airbud advance. I, I got some love for Airbud, but I don't know. I just no, I was I mean, gonna lose yeah, my mind. <laughs> you can, no, no, no. I mean, look, I just yeah, yeah. I love a good fluffy dog. So <laughs> like automatically, like if you have a beautiful dog in a movie, I'm like, okay, I will watch this yeah. movie. That being said, of course, like you yeah, yeah. it's karate kid, despite how very problematic a lot of this movie is. Yeah, and I actually uh, took Taekwondo classes growing up, so uh, <clears throat> nobody messed with me out there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Luckily, you can't leave your house. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's not that I'm safe from the rest of you. You're safe from me. Um, <laughs> there's, there's something – so I guess that related to me a little bit growing up a little bit. I was like, oh, this is kind of my anthem a little bit. And, and I just the, – the, the tournament scene in this movie – is so good and i i would argue up there yeah. with the rocky theme um i don't think quite on that level but in that tier you know just perfect placement of a song in a movie yeah you're the best and then like the oh man it's, it's great and i like um i know we keep reference to the podcast but someone brought up like how many people do you think got their their asses kicked trying to perform the, the crane kick after this movie came out <laughs> like yeah right it's like one of those moves you better not try actually try out in real life um yeah you're like have yeah. you who among us whom among us i don't know what <laughs> we hasn't everyone tried that move on the beach before like not standing, oh, absolutely. On, not standing absolutely. on like a, a post but you know like oh you know, i've done it on a post yeah. on, okay well i i'm <laughs> scared of heights but Same. fun fact about the tournament that was actually a real tournament yeah they filmed they filmed mm -hmm. it at a real tournament so mm -hmm. the reason that it has like such a great vibe in terms of being one of the best like like I personally, I've seen Karate Kid a bunch of times. I don't feel the need to like watch it very often. Like I, I think I've seen it maybe six times in my life, and like I enjoy it. I like it a lot. Is it going to move much further for me in this bracket? Probably not, just because like I, there are other movies I like more. But I do think that that scene in the tournament is one of the best 
scenes in sports movies because it has the real the fact that it was taped at a real tournament and therefore it has such an electricity to it and kind of the chaos and like hubbub that you don't always get when it's like you know just like a pre-tape like a taping with a bunch of extras and you know whatever yeah, it's yeah. um, it makes it very authentic. Absolutely, because all the people who are there are there to actually root for someone, which yeah. is not, which is not the genuine case when you just have a bunch of extras and it's like, okay, you're supposed to cheer for this guy, or you're supposed to gasp when this happens. Like, this is real yeah. in real time, real people with mm-hmm. like real stake in the game. Yeah, and it's it's exciting, man, and it works. It's it's energetic. It's actually some would say it's the first time you actually root for Larusso in the whole thing. Honestly, yeah. it's the first time you're like, yeah, like you kick their butts, man. It's like it, it becomes almost like you you root against the the teacher of Cobra Kai. He's the real actual villain yeah. of the movie, right? And yeah, oh, yeah, it's like absolutely. he becomes your the point of ire. It's not that he's going to beat up a uh, Johnny Lawrence. It's that he's going to beat the guy who's uh part of the the cobra kai gym and apparently i've heard really good things about that youtube series too and I yeah to i've heard out. good things um, um also oh, and, i feel like you could just say you're rooting it's like mr miyagi versus the cobra kai guy as opposed to like daniel san mm. like yeah because yeah the kids so, are kind of yeah. like the point. worst part of the movie Honestly. Yeah, they're not like perfect people. They're kids. They're brats. They're, like they're, they're, brats. they're kids. And I like well, that they it, didn't it, make one about, you know, they didn't make this like a, a Rocky style movie. They didn't make him like this super kind of heart of gold guy. It's like you kind of like, hey, man, like maybe you if if that Johnny Lawrence comes in and he's acting all big at you, you just go, oh, yo. All right. My bad. Like you're being a little bit of a jerk, but just like you back off a little bit. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, you're new here. You're new. You don't know. You don't know for sure. Even if he is acting like a jerk, he just and like then, no, it's like, down every time, and then it's like, yeah, that's what happens. Hey, the macho uh, type of thing, right? Where you're always trying to like show off in front of the girl, like that's kind of the the a little bit of a theme of the movie, right? And and just really quickly, also, I feel like we haven't talked about it enough. And Mr. Miyagi is objectively the the thing that everyone knows ages perfectly about this movie. Just the old yeah. uh, sage master. That's where the movie's heart comes in. It's from him. We're complaining about LaRusso and Daniel Sun and all that and Johnny Lawrence and whatnot, but it's just the whole wax on, like the the message of just the the hard work and one part at a time and how this is not just learning karate, it's about your whole life, really. It's and that part getting it's, a car wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Free car wash. Uh it, it still works and it's still really uh it's really nice to see. And uh, I know he got an Oscar nomination from it, which I forgot about. Yeah. Um, and he's he's great, and that's the thing that I think ages best about the movie. So yeah, that's well, that's, I think that's without him, I think without him, this isn't a good movie. Like that's the thing is like mm-hmm. he, okay, he's, yeah, he's for sure. Like not only is he the best part about this movie, you can really argue he's kind of the only good part about the movie, and it's and it's fortunate for this for the film that he is so great in this role because otherwise this just isn't a good movie. It's just two obnoxious kids, a really obnoxious dojo owner. And like a good song, but Mr. Miyagi is like, like the, Mr. Miyagi is the movie for me anyway. Yeah. It's one of the, the defining attributes of it. Exactly. You guys ever seen either of the sequels or they were checking them out? I, I never have. I haven't. I, I haven't. The second one is good. Um, oh, there's actually one with Hillary Swank, the next karate kid, but it's not good. I did see that. Yeah. One. So I saw 
part of one of the sequels and I don't remember which one it was, but it's like Daniel's like grown up and it's kind of weird. They make it weird. Like he, he has Mm -hmm. like, it's like his relationship with Mr. Miyagi gets weird um, to the point where like, I guess he brings a date to her house or something. I don't really remember. It was a long time ago, Um, but it's just not, it's not good. It's one of those things where unlike Rocky or the Godfather, like some movies should kind of just be standalone. And I think that the reason that obviously you make sequels aside from the the obvious financial aspect is because you want to be back with these characters. Like you want, Mm -hmm. you miss your characters and you want to be back with them because the movie was so good, but it's just not great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So, I mean, I'm going to go, I mean, I I saw Air Bud, you know, one time and I liked it. I love dogs, but, I, I got to go Karate Kid here. Uh, are you guys leaning that way? Or, I mean, Gabrielle, you seem to like Air Bud a little bit. So No, no, I'm still voting Karate Kid because okay. I love Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. hate to see a dog eliminated in the first round. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Doggo. Rough. <laughs> Poor good I don't think boy. there's too many dogs left in this either. So, yeah. Um, well, not on this side, but on the other side. Well, on the other side, we have a horse. That's not the same thing as That's a dog. That's true. Um, <laughs> The Mighty Ducks are people. They're not real ducks. So that's unfortunate. Um, yes. Uh, I think yeah, we're out of animals dogs. after this. Yeah. I think we're out of dogs. That's about unfortunate. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So do you guys want to do, uh, we got number seven, Cinderella Man against number 10, The Water Boy. I actually, uh, I watched Cinderella Man this morning. This is the last one I watched coming into mm. this. And it's a great story. And one of the interesting things about this movie when it came out, it didn't do as well at the box office as people were thinking it was going to. And so I believe it was AMC basically made a deal with moviegoers and they said, listen, we think this is one of the best movies of the year. Come and see it. If you don't like it, we will give you your money back after you sit through the whole thing. And that apparently increased sales a little bit. But The Waterboy, that's one of those movies I got to brag that I got to see it in, in movie theaters. And this is when Adam Sandler actually cared and actually put some effort into his movies. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's just so quotable. And you know, the thing about the water boy that I like is like, even though he's like kind of a weirdo, you, you still like root for him to like, like go kick these guys asses because they're so mean to him. Like the quarterback is so mean mm-hmm. to him. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just really like the water boy. I love the scene toward the end where they're all in the locker room and they're all talking about their favorite Bobby Boucher memories. And they're like, like they're talking about, Hey, how should we get back into this, this game? And then one of them's just like, you guys remember that time Bobby tackled the referee by mistake and they all just start laughing. I, I love that mm-hmm. scene. Um, so I'm going to go with the water boy for this one, but I'll, I'll toss it to you guys and you can weigh in. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going with the water boy. First of all, they have so many alliterative names in this, like Bobby Boucher, Vicky Valancourt. Like it's just, and I don't know. It's just like a funny movie. And like you said, it's like prime Sandler when he was like, just good. in like, he had a string of movies where he was like good in every movie. And now it's kind of like very hit or miss. And the other interesting thing I've noticed about Sandler is that he, this is a unique role for him because in a lot of his roles, like I said this about um, uncut gems where it was like, you know, in basically a lot of Sandler's movies, he is playing kind of a loud, rich asshole who's very obnoxious and the only difference is like he has a different job but he's always like a loud rich asshole with like a hot wife or a hot girlfriend and uncut gems is just like a more extreme version of that like in grown-ups he's a hot rich 
producer guy who doesn't have time for his kids and his wife is Salma Hayek, which is very unrealistic for him. Um, <laughs> in Just Go With It, it's first he's with Brooklyn Decker and then he's with Jennifer Aniston. Like, okay, no. Um, even in and then they just Af go to Hawaii at some right. point, you know, because never like do, super, yeah. because he's like a super rich plastic surgeon. Even in uh, Happy Gilmore, he's like a loud, bombastic um, hockey player turned golfer, and he ends up with Julie Bowen. So basically, all these movies, he's kind of playing different versions of the same character. Uh, and Uncut Gems is just the most recent and obviously the most intense form of that. But he's like a loud, rich asshole with a beautiful wife a beautiful mistress and then he of course you know ends up dead but like <laughs> just a more extreme version of a character that he's kind of playing in all of the same movies this is a unique role for him because he's yeah. this awkward stuttering timid kind of weirdo at least at the beginning um and then of course you know he becomes like a, a football player but it's it's like more unique for him than a lot of his at this point a majority of his roles and you I like that from him because he actually low key Adam Sandler plays like emotional vulnerability well. Yeah, he's a good actor, I think. You just don't Absolutely. see it very much. Like in Click, he does it well. Um, mm -hmm. In that movie where Funny People, I think, is the one where he has cancer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, also anger management, another one where he's like yelling all the time. Um, you have like he has emotional range and depth as an actor, but you don't get to see it very much. And I think that he actually does that often better than some of his comedic stuff and it makes the movies really good. And so this is one of those movies where I'm like, Adam Sandler's a good actor. And it makes you kind of bummed yeah. all the times that he's like a bad actor. But mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm going. I'm going air. I'm going water boy. I said air butt again because it's right above Cinderella. Man. <laughs> yeah, um, I see that. The dog's just coming back to me. I'm going. I'm going water boy. Nothing um, against Cinderella right. man. I just think Bobby Boucher. Yeah. Hey, I get it. Look, I saw Cinderella man the other day. Um, that th I'm gonna. Th I'm gonna choose Cinderella man. I know Water Boy is already advancing, but I. I don't. I remember seeing Waterboy and being like, this is what all the kids in my high school, like freshman year are talking about is the funniest thing they've ever seen. And I saw it again and I kind of appreciated it for what it was, I think, uh, when I saw it again. And it had a little bit more heart than I remember it having. And you're right. Like, you really rooted for him because he was being really mean to this guy. Like, come on. For no um, reason. Like, what did yeah, it's like, anybody? for no reason. Like, <laughs> what did he yeah. do? <laughs> what did the guy yeah. do? Um, I like that. I think Adam Sandler has a really interesting career arc because it's almost like he's very anti elitism and he's like, well, screw you people. I'm going to just make dumb movies that are going to make a lot of money and I'm barely going to even try apparently, but I can also act really well. I'm also in prestige and I use air quotes when saying that type of movies like punch drunk love and uh, uncut gems more recently. Right? Like he's been in these great things and then he'll be in something dumb like the, I didn't see it, but the escape plan, I forgot what it was with Jennifer Aniston. I forgot what it was called. Murder vacation, murder mystery. There we go. Murder mystery. Uh, it took me a while to get there. Um, but um, I just really loved Russell Crowe and Paul Giamatti and Cinderella man. That's what yeah. I, why I would edge it out. I loved Paul Giamatti, especially he was nominated for an Oscar in it. Uh, 
it's it's the movie it's a little bit of a slow build too but by the end of it you're really rooting for this guy and it's it's a cinderella story like of course it's the whole point of the movie um but i think it works yeah. on a lot of levels but i understand the water boy thing and i didn't think heading into this i wasn't i was like oh man water boy like all right gotta gotta untangle this bag of worms or whatever the phrase is a bag of worms uh this ball of your all right anyway um <clears throat> as you guys can tell i'm tired uh yeah, there's we only have one left <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just got to push through to the end. That and, side note, yeah, though, yeah. real quick. Paul Giamatti, also another actor with a lot of range because oh, yeah. people, people really think of him as like a comedic actor, but he has had like a really great run of doing like non-comedic roles. And, mm-hmm. you know, people think of him as like Big Fat Liar and um, I don't even know. He's had like a bunch of bit roles that are just like, like he's in Fred Claus. But then he's also in 12 Years a Slave. And you're like, yeah. you're like, what? How? And he played John Adams in an HBO miniseries. I forgot about <laughs> like, he's just all over the place. And I feel like people just don't talk about that enough. Like, yeah, Paul Giamatti has range. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I didn't even know he was in this movie until I watched it this morning. And then he was fantastic. He might have been, mm-hmm. you know, arguably the best part of it. I mean, there's good performances all throughout Cinderella Man. But yeah, no, G- Giamatti is awesome very interesting career path as well all right guys we have one more we can do this we can do it we're making it there we're there remember when john was like guys we can knock out both the east and the west in half an hour (laughs) i know and we spent like half an hour talking about white men can't jump (laughs) and then we all we took about a half an hour explaining why uh is overrated it's fantastic yeah, it was like yeah, yeah it was great. It's been it's been great. But you know what? The last ones in the West are actually like kind of a great mashup because Caddyshack is such a <laughs> show, honestly. Like, yeah. like Caddyshack is like the prime example of like just Hollywood on drugs. Like for it really years. is. Because it really almost literally. Because it's like <laughs> I mean, there really is no even like you can't even talk about like <laughs> the gopher. Yeah, the gopher. Yeah, the gopher. Like, the gopher is like my favorite character. Um, it's like Harold Ramis and Bill Murray together, which is just always good. Because I mean, I don't know. I'm like, this is pre Ghostbusters, but like. I love Ghostbusters. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the like the comedic chops in this movie. You've got Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Bill Murray, all in the same movie. And like, that says a lot. Because you know what? Chevy Chase, no one likes him. <laughs> yeah, and you can kind like... of tell that at points in the movie. You really can. Like, there, are, there are certain points where like, they just weren't scripted at all. And... <laughs> And it's just like them talking to each other and you can tell that they don't like each other. And they're not even trying to hide it. And it's just like an absolute show that turned into one of the funniest movies ever. And sometimes you can't even pinpoint why, but like all together, even though it's such a hodgepodge, this movie just weirdly works. Yeah. Even though it does not work at all. It it absolutely works. It's a very funny movie. It's, it, it's lacking in a plot. Like, I, like, what is the plot of Caddy Jack? It's just like there's a bunch of conflicting personalities at a rich golf resort and just things happen. But it, it just works, you know, to your point. And 
you know, I think there's something about one of the caddies needs to win a scholarship or something by winning right. a golf tournament. Yeah. Right. So and that's like the plot of the movie. Danny's like and then trying to make up that. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, is, and yeah. then there's like, and then there's like the groundskeeper who's played by Bill Murray, who's trying to hunt the gopher. He's in like a blood feud with a gopher. Um, and he's like trying to kill it. He tries to kill it. He has like, tries to kill it with like that hose where he tries to like shoot it out of the ground and all he ends up doing is making holes all over the golf course and like just water is yeah. shooting out everywhere. And there's like this whole thing, of course, about like rich people and poor people. And, um, yeah. you know, there's like a tournament and people having sex and like, it's just, there's like, a huge wager there's like a, a wager of like forty thousand dollars which like in 1980 forty thousand dollars is just so much money and then it's like eighty thousand dollars like they keep raising it and it's like a whole thing um i and like i think like at the end like, doesn't bill murray try and blow up the golf course to kill the gopher yeah. And he just ends up. That's how the movie ends, I think. Yeah. Right. And the gopher like survives and like the whole golf course is in ruins, but the gopher is like there. And it's like also clearly like a stuffed animal gopher that they just like put on like a stick and moved around. Yeah. Yeah, They don't even try to make it look real. Yeah. It's literally like the kind of thing you would expect of like if, if animal, if the guys in Animal House were making a movie, it would be Shack. Yeah. That's a great uh, um, descriptor. And instead, those are just two completely separate movies. And Caddyshack is considered one of the for- funniest sports movies of all time when it's like such a random cluster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, um, that's the perfect way to say it. Um, as, for, as for Blades of Glory, um, I have not seen this start to finish. I saw the second half of it. You know, I laughed a couple of times. It's Will Ferrell and uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his real name. Uh, John you know, Hedder. Funny enough. There, there you go. There you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, you know, it seems funny enough, but it's not going to touch Caddyshack. Caddyshack advances for me. No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's same thing here. And we talked about the Will Ferrell thing. I actually don't mind Blades of Glory all that much. It's also not too long, which I liked about it. Uh, Caddyshack, it's funny because Caddyshack, I don't think was reviewed very well when it came it out. Not. So it's kind of got that yeah. that like cult kind of classic thing to it, right? It's and like it's just summer. everything. Yeah, right. That's a that's a great comp too. Uh, there's something about the just everything Rodney Dangerfield says in this movie is just like I don't think they gave him a script. He didn't want a script. I mean, like his introduction to the movie, he's like this rich guy. He walks into the store. He's like, "Oh, this hat, this hat though, <laughs> it's terrible. Who would wear this stupid hat? It's the worst thing I've ever seen." And then he he looks to the, his right or left or whatever it was. He's just like, uh, "Looks good on you though." Like <laughs> just stupid. Stuff like that. And, and then, then like makes a like, face. Yeah, and then he makes that dumb little face and then he's like, This is my 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 my, my assistant Mr. Wang. No offense. Like <laughs> <laughs> so like, then he's like having uh, dinner, oh you know, and he's like, oh somebody step on a duck. Like yeah. <laughs> I remember laughing like a lot at that line the first time I heard of it. Yeah. It's like everything he says in that movie is quotable. It's just it's like yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You're right though. It's it's really like uh, Gabrielle said. Like if the guys from Animal House made a movie, like this is probably yeah. what it would look like. And the Gopher stuff, like it's almost barely a sports movie. It counts. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's just again, kind though, of again though. Like Jerry Maguire is not on here. Yeah, and Caddyshack yeah. is, and also yeah. like you're just whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's just kind of maybe the people who made this are like, whoa, 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 we didn't want to stuff it with too many good movies. We had to have some stinkers in there. That was their way of thinking. Whatever, that's whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I'm voting for Caddyshack too. Um, there's just something so random about everything in it, but it somehow kind of works. And parts of it don't work, you know, for sure. But it's a comedy, and it's kind of a, a this beautiful disaster. Shout out three eleven of movies that just. Yeah. You know, it works in a lot of ways, and I really appreciate every line that Roddy Dangerfield has in this movie. And I, I'll, it just doesn't make sense. Like you said with the duck thing, I don't understand how you make a movie and this guy just is allowed to just basically say whatever he wants. Well, yeah, but yeah. then again, like Blaze of Glory is like maybe one of Will Ferrell's like worst movies. Um, yeah. I respect that they put a skating movie on here that's not. I mean, the other side of the bracket has like Slapshot, um, but and Mighty Ducks. Okay, but you've got like Miracle, and that's pretty much it for skating. I think, at least on this side, Blades of Glory. Like, they I respect them for putting an ice skating movie in here, but like Blades of Glory has incest in it. Um, it's got sex addiction <laughs> in it. Like, it's really one of those movies where it's like Will Ferrell is like really pushing the envelope on like what is and isn't funny which he really likes to do and i noticed that that's one of the reasons that i don't always like his comedy because he really tries to make unfunny things funny um mm-hmm. and sometimes i'm just like that's not funny uh sex addiction is not funny um <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff that you've got in this movie where you're just like i'm i'm just like well for starters caddyshack is one of the funniest movies ever even though it shouldn't work at all but it totally works probably because it shouldn't work Blaze of Glory is just like, I don't know what's, it's just too much. There's just so much going on. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's a good place to end it for today. I mean, we've completed uh, the entire first round of the left side of the bracket. I figure next time maybe we'll wow. jump into the right side. You guys up for that? Yeah, yeah for sure. Maybe, maybe keep like the, six days yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe keep the tangents a little bit shorter, you know, for the next one, but well, uh, hopefully people we'll are enjoying hearing us. Yeah, hopefully people are enjoying us talking about the just the obscene and the the beautiful and the the poignant and also just the bad and good of sports movies. I was gonna say just the purely terrible sports movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you never yeah. know. There's entertainment even in disaster. All right, and so that's gonna do it for part two of the March Madness of sports movies brackets. And of course, once again, big thanks to Javier and Gabrielle for partaking in this project with me. And like I said, right now we're looking at probably one new episode per week. I will, of course, keep you guys posted on all of that. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. So once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.